Blog Talk Radio. Mara? Well, I think Mara is having some technical difficulties with her phone. So I'm going to go ahead and start up with the affirmation slash prayer that I like to open up with. We are here only to be truly helpful. We are here to represent him who sent us. We do not have to worry about what to say or what to do because he who sent us will direct us. We are content to be wherever he wishes knowing he goes there with us. We will be healed as we let him teach us to heal. Good morning and welcome to the show. Today's show we're going to be talking about the the crippling effects of rigidity in demanding perfection in ourselves and others and how when we are judging other ones, to a standard that we're holding in our own mind and even holding in our own mind judgments and standards of how we should be and how we should act. Whenever we have these judgments and hold them up against people, all we're doing is putting ourselves in our own minds and putting others in our own minds in places that we think they should be at. And when we're doing this, we're not accepting ourselves or others for where we are at in that moment. And when we accept everything and still, we could say at the same time, hold in our own minds that we can get to this point but not condemn that ourselves or the other one is not at that point in this moment. When we can kind of use it as a mm, a gauge, if you will, as to where we know we can get to. But the fact that we're not there or another person is not there is not a point to where we can attack and condemn and say, you miserable fool. But rather, just that I see that your behavior and my own behavior is not in alignment with the perfection that we are. And when we say this to ourselves silently and not condemning another in our own minds or verbally with our mouths, then we are coming from a different place in the moment that we do that. And as we are doing that, 
we are lightening the mood, if you will. And when we lighten the mood in that situation, then we're not falling captive to the judgments that come along with that assessment. And so when we can lighten that mood and drop our judgments in that situation as far as looking at someone or even looking at ourselves as not being perfect, then we can, again, work towards that. But we cannot work towards that when we are sitting in the place of judgment and holding the gavel in our hand and smacking the table as hard as we can and not listening or seeing it in any different way. Good morning. Good morning, Mara. I do apologize to everyone. We had a little uh, breakdown of the computer or the Internet, I guess, this morning briefly after I had called in. Welcome, everyone. I'm sorry I missed the start, and I just heard you explaining what we were going to be talking about today. Uh, I um, <sighs> Nice to hear your voice. How is everything going for you? And I apologize for interrupting your flow. If I interrupted your thought, please continue. No, I was done, and no worries. I'm wonderful, and how about yourself? You know what? I'm doing fine. It was a <laughs> it was a little bit hectic when I could see my name up there as the host, but you couldn't hear me. <laughs> I kept thinking, what's going on? And then I realized my <laughs> the internet. Pretty soon, I got this, you know, sign, and I had to rush around. I'm doing fine, thank you. Did you have a good week? I did. I did. It was uh, interesting and um, eventful, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> I hope eventful in a positive way. Well, everything, if you look at it correctly, is a positive. I agree. I agree. I know uh, I'm going to uh, be on vacation for the next two weeks, and I asked uh, Bob to... Uh, step in in my place with you for those two weeks and one of the topics I have set up for you guys to talk about is the idea that there wouldn't be any light if there wasn't dark and so every moment really offers us an opportunity to reach out and be our highest self but many times we don't and that's okay we can forgive ourselves and I heard you briefly I came in just at the closing there of what you were saying but Today, as you indicated, we're going to be talking about basically forgiving ourselves. Mm-hmm. We hold ourselves we hold ourselves up to such a high standard of perfection, which generally, of course, we can't meet. Uh, but because others meet it even less, so we can judge them, and we do that, uh, creating kind of this circular effect of. If you're accepting of yourself, it doesn't matter where others are on the continuum. Yes. Because you're focused on you, you know. <laughs> so it will be an interesting, interesting day. And we have someone calling in from an interesting, uh, my gosh, 111. So why don't I turn them on, Brian, okay? We'll see what they have to say. Sure. Maybe. Good morning. Welcome to You Are Okay. This is Mara. Brian's on the other, uh, is my co-host. What can we do for you today? Hello, my name is Pat. I'm calling from Springfield. Um, I heard your show, and you know what's been a great help to me is I'm a widower. I run a bed and breakfast, and I own my own church, and I don't have a lot of time or money. 
and I, sometimes I get self-conscious. But when I look at other people, I don't judge them, but when I look at what they're doing, what I'm doing is ten times better, and I feel better about myself. I sent out two boxes of Christmas cards this year, and I got one Christmas card from a guy I bought a car off of. And I felt guilty that I wasn't able to send more people cards, and then it hit me. They were they didn't send me a card, then I felt better. And when I have birthday parties for different people, I try to decorate and have an elaborate spread. Well, I was sick and wasn't able to do it. And lady I know did it, and she had a cake, some fruit cups, and a tablecloth she had bought, and that's all she did. And I thought, well, my word, what I do is fabulous. So I think sometimes looking at other people helps. You realize you're okay. You know what? I I do a lot, and I shouldn't get down on myself. Because people do the bare minimum to squeak by most of the time. And I think that I do the best I can for a man of advanced years with all my responsibility. But, you know... I, I, you know, I did. I don't think you should judge others, but I definitely think you should look at what others do because sometimes you realize by comparison you're okay. You know, I, I try to leave a two or three dollar tip for my waitress, and I wish I could leave more, but then I see some young fella on a cell phone driving a sports car and hundred dollar jeans leave her a quarter. So then I realize, you know what, I'm okay. So you know, I don't think you know. I think focusing on others sometimes helps you realize you're not that bad after all. I used to have a poster back in the 80s. As you came in my door, it said, I'm okay, God doesn't make junk. I thought, well, that's kind of the attitude I need to take. And, Patrick, I agree with you. God doesn't make junk. And now uh, I, I think that part of what we're talking about today really does focus on what you're saying because most of many times when we look at what people are doing we come away thinking that we're better than them and that's what this is about today is is the idea we neither have to be what they're doing is their best for who they are and what we are doing is our best for who we are and and when we can walk away and know that we have done our best, no matter how it measures up. So the lady who did a cake and fruit cups, she at least honored that person's birthday. Yeah. And so it wasn't as magnificent an event as you present, but she honored that person's birthday. And so in my mind, both of you honor the person's birthday. Oh, yes. each, one, each one of you just have different skill sets. Different, different abilities. and But so many times when we get caught up in making ourselves feel better because someone else is in our mind is less, then we really aren't seeing that we're okay even when we're, we're not able to do it. So let's say that year you had just been able to do a cake. It would have been your best. Well, yes, you know, but, I don't, I, but I don't think it was her best. I think she was scrimping by. It was a store-bought cake with store-bought fruit cup. But, so yeah, I see what we're saying right now, but how has your life and your sense of self been enhanced well, I like by her people. not being enough? Yes, well, I've, luckily I have saved up my whole life from my retirement, so I'm able to run my church at my own expense. I don't even take an offering. I bought a garage, and I had a steeple put on it, and I bought pews and a pulpit, and I pay the heat and the light. I don't even take a collection. So that's something wonderful I can give back to the community. 
Yes, but is. that also means I can't help the poor as much, and I can't do as much because I've got to pay the heat bill, the light, you know, the taxes, the, which really isn't much because I didn't build a building. I built a garage with a steeple. I'm sure you've seen these type of new churches. It's a wonderful way to go, streamline it, and focus on what's important. But well, I'm going to let you get back to your show because I'll just chew your ear off with my mumbo-jumbo. But you keep up the well, good work. And remember, thank you. you're okay. God doesn't make junk. Thank you very Amen. much. Amen. Thank you, Pat. Thank you. Take care, Pat. I think you said it well there, Mara. Thank you. Thank you. Took the words right out of my mouth. Thank you. I'm glad. Thank you. Yeah. I, maybe we're being inspired by the same person or being. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> you know, funny thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that I, I uh, folks, we if if you find yourself in a situation where when you're talking about other people and you're not looking at what's good about what they've done, you've not you're not taking their behavior and and defining it in a positive way, then you need to step back and step into some peace. I, I've been there. I've talked Brian's ear off about someone. And what's been interesting is I I know that those times when I lose my peace, that, whoops, that's not mine, when I step off the line of peace into the chaos, I don't, I'm not happy with myself. I'm not happy with my reactions. And I'm looking for a way to justify those reactions instead of just saying you know i'm doing my best that i can right now for those of you who've heard uh, don miguel reese's uh, four agreements you know the be- the last one is to do your best and and to accept that that's a flexible standard it's not always going to be the same and sometimes you're going to step into chaos and now what i find with that person that i just i'm sure Bre- brian's ear was bleeding from my words I um, if the person comes into my mind, I simply think, uh, you know, I send her happiness, contentment. I send her love. I send her joy, security, prosperity, safety, all the things that I want to have in my own life. And so instead of allowing myself to think an, an un a thought that would make me unhappy, that would take me away from my peace. I, I, I try to center a part of my peace, the things that I'm blessed with. And I am blessed because I try to do that. And there are some days, because I work with this person, where she gets on my mind quite a bit, and I continue to say that. There are times when she's sitting in my office, and I have this little passage the one that i say at the beginning of our show and because i remind myself that she's a part of god and then i'm a part of god so we're connected you know in a valley on the mountain i beheld only god in hardship i saw him by my side in ease and well-being i beheld only god like a candle i melted in his flames amidst the sparks of the flame I beheld only God. And and so what I've done is an attitude adjustment 
I'm, I, I'm, when somebody said something the other day to me, I said, I'm not going to talk about that person. I, the look was incredulous. And the presumption which saddened me was that I probably had a lot of negative things to say. But I'm just not going to talk. If the words out of my mouth are negative, then I am not reflecting my internal divinity. Remember, my friends, in John it says, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God, and the word was God. That's huge. If I'm allowing negative words in my mind about myself, I'm saying negative words out of my mouth about myself. If I'm saying negative words about others, or I'm allowing them in my mind, then look how I have polluted God. That's really, really huge for me. And a very wonderful point to bring up as well, because our words are indeed a reflection of our thoughts and our intentions in that moment. And so when we are spewing out junk, (laughs) and as we know from Pat, God doesn't make junk, that we are trying to override God and say that the junk that we're spewing is truth and is important. And when we do that, it dictates our the way we're experiencing that person or ourselves. And it just ain't the truth. And the sooner we can, you and you've spoken about it multiple times today, the sooner we can drop into our peace, the sooner we'll be free of that. And I want to speak about peace for a moment here. Because a lot of times people think that peace is just another emotion or another, um, you know, temporary state of being that you can escape from negativity into peace for a while. But peace is not a temporary state of being. Peace is your natural state of being. And peace is the absence of trying to make anything else happen. When you let yourself be in the quiet space in your mind through meditation or just simply breathing or whatever it may be that gets you into that quiet place, when you do that, that's entering the state of peace. And peace, again, is always there for you. It's not something that you have to create, but rather just something that you have to allow yourself into. And when we can recognize and realize that, then we can realize and recognize that all we need to do to be in our natural state of peace is to drop all the crap and all the judgments that we have laid over the peace and get to the bottom of the truth, if you will, which is peace. And when we make that our goal, and to do that, we simply need to drop every last judgment and every last idea and concept that we hold that tells what someone else is or what we are that is adverse to what we truly are, which is peaceful and loving and perfection, if you will, then we will find ourselves fully immersed in that place. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that uh, acceptance is probably the greatest challenge we have. 
uh, I was uh, one time. It's amazing how God will drop little nuggets into your your mind that just stick with you forever. And one that stuck with me forever. I was reading a James Patterson novel, and he has this cop who comes out of Washington D.C. and is a very very good. It's a detective novel, and I read detective novels, so I like it. And I think the guy's name is Lucas, but I'm not sure, so let's not go with any names. But um, he, um, the guy was in New Orleans, and he was looking for something, and everything was falling apart around him. Probably felt uh, on a multiple of 100 times more, but felt pretty much like I felt this morning when I couldn't figure out what I needed to do <laughs> and realized it was out of my control. <laughs> you know? And uh, he, uh, but anyway, there was a little passage there, my friends, that I swear I, I just carry with me all the time. Thank you, God, for everything just the way it is. Because by every moment being the way it is, you're being provided a catalyst, inspiration to have your highest thoughts, to exhibit your highest deeds, to, to speak with your kindest, most loving words. And that is truly a challenge. Because, my friends, every time I say to people that we are coming to a time when we will treat each other with respect and we will have no need for guns, they say it can't happen. Because they say it is man's nature to want all this chaos and disorder. But is it man's nature or have they been trained to want that? Because the Dalai Lama made a most astute observation to that statement to him. He said, if it was man's nature to kill and to live in chaos and disorder, man would no longer be alive. We would have killed ourselves off. Mm -hmm. So, you know, thank you, God, for everything just the way it is when you're in moments of chaos. You know, works immensely. Just just gigantic uh, in terms of giving, taking you out of your own perfection-driven mind. Because what that perfection-driven mind, and I do believe we're trained to think that way, we're, we're trained in our churches that we have to do certain things. For instance, Pat... My guides are saying, take some money at your church and do things for the poor. If that's in your heart, there's no sin in somebody giving you money. There's no sin in talking about God and making money from it. Because then the money is in your hands and you can do wonderful good deeds with it. And and it doesn't make you more because you're already enough. You don't need to be more. Thank you, God, for everything just the way it is. Now, Brian, I have a little, um, I'm hoping, uh, just a little meditation today that I would like 
to lead people in if I can to help them let go of uh, thinking about other people and allowing that to be an obsessive-compulsive thought. Now, my friends, I'm going to tell you there is one time when you may allow your mind to become obsessed with a person, but you need to be cautious even then. And that's when you are like Brian in Young Love, where every thought and every action and every deed is focused on how am I going to find a few minutes to be with this person I love. But even that needs to have a modicum of protection because, my friends, when we obsess on something outside our own selves over which we have no control, we have lost control of the only place we do have any control over ourselves. And the piece I'm going to use is going to be Daniel Kobiaka's Watercolor Interlude. It's very short. I'm hoping to give you one minute at the end of it for you to um, have where you can see how long a minute is. Because we've, we allow our minutes to move so quickly into hours and our hours to escape us And then we sit at the end of the day and we look around us and think, oh, I didn't do this and I didn't do that because we didn't wisely use the time that love that God has given us. And I really encourage you as we're moving into this meditation to think about God as love. Think about God as love. Using that word, it changes the way you talk. It changes the way you think. It softens your heart. And I am on a journey to being soft. I said to someone the other day, if I could do what I wanted to do every day, I would talk to people about how much God loves them right now just the way they are. And as I said those words, I had a stark realization that I had allowed those words to lose their meaning in my workplace. And this last week, I put them back in place where they need to be the most with the people that I'm with on a daily basis where I'm earning my money. And it was a beautiful, blissful week. And part of what I did was when my mind would want to worry about the internal politics of work, and I work in a political environment, so you can imagine it's multiplied. There's always politics in work. Whenever my coworkers' names would click into my mind, I would practice what I'm about to share with. Brian, did you want to say something before I start this? Did you have some thoughts you wanted to share now? No, please. Go right ahead. Thank you. If everyone could get comfortable, please. And as you're getting comfortable, I like to be, I like to sit. Some people like to lay. The reason I don't lay, hold on, my music didn't come on. Let me try again. 
the reason I do not lay is because there we go. I fall asleep. <laughs> so if laying works for you, fine. But I want you to get into a comfortable spot. And I want you to now focus on your breath and know that your breath is your connector with God. And do you know where I learned that? I learned that in the Karate Kid movie where they were polishing the car and they were doing it in groups of threes and as they would do in groups of threes he was being calmed he was calming himself and from that movie I learned that three deep breaths can bring you straight in to the arms of God so what I would like you to do is take a deep breath and let's pull the energy up and let's act as though we have a nose in the soles of our feet so that we're going to come through and pull that fresh invigorating breath that's now being you can feel the freshness of it as you pull it up the front of your calves pull it up the front of your thighs feel your thighs starting to tingle with the knowledge that you've got this beautiful fresh breath cross your hips and now we're going to go through your chakras and as you bring that fresh breath in release your fears open your creativity pull healing energy with the breath through your body you don't have to take one breath take sips keep adding to it as you come to your heart, open your heart up by pulling your shoulders back and straightening and thrusting your heart. For now, expose yourself to love, to God. God will take care of you, my friends, always. Pull that crisp, clear breath up. And we're going to go through the, the throat chakra. With our words in our world, we cause such harm far more harm than is ever caused with a gun. This is the area, the zone of peace, our throat chakra. Softening our words. Remember, they are God. Every word you speak is a manifestation of God. Now, pull your breath up and in your third eye, set for a moment and we're going to manifest we're going to come back to the third eye as you move up. Open the crown of your head. Release your breath. Allow it to be transfused with love with God. And now take your divinely inspired breath and blow it down through your body and out through the soles of your feet. One more time. And this time... As you're coming up, when you get to the zone of manifestation, your third eye, I want you to stop. For a moment, and now open your top of your head, blow out your breath. Now, on this third breath, I'm going to let you move through it alone and ask as you get to your heart chakra, 
to reach out both of your hands and take the hands of God. And holding hands with God, I want you to allow your mind to get to the workplace or wherever it is that the people who are obsessions in your mind live. Wherever they are as part of your life. And now holding hands with God, I want you to bring the person who bothers you the most or who you obsess about the most no matter whether it's love or bother. And looking into God's eyes, I want you to make a pact with God. God, love, I send this person everything I desire in my life. Happiness, family, love, companionship, Safety, security, prosperity, joy, respect, caring, and God in holding your hands as they become alive now with the electric energy of that charge. I release this soul to you. And now allow the next person, if there is another person, God, I release this person to you. I ask that you bring to them all of the things I want for myself, happiness, well-being, safety, security, peace, prosperity. I release this person to you. And I'm going to leave you for just a minute now with you pulling up the people and releasing to them those things that you value and want in your life.
begin. Coming back to where we are right now. I encourage you to continue to hold a hand of God during this program. And I would encourage you to know that in the beginning, you may find that you're doing this exercise a lot. But as you do it, I guarantee if you persist, and every time you feel the name of someone coming into your mind that is going to take your focus off of what you can do and put it onto them or onto another circumstance, that if you will simply do this exercise, you will be freed of the desire to do that. And pretty soon, every time they come in your mind, you will just automatically send them good wishes and not allow yourself to embark on a journey of judging them in order to prove you are enough. And that's what we're talking about today. Many times we judge other people in order to prove to ourselves that we are enough. My friend, every one of us is enough. We are enough to have God take both of our hands. We are enough to walk hand in hand with God. Every one of us, right now, no matter what we did or did not do. Thank you. Brian, I'm going to pass for you to you for a while. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mara. What an absolutely fantastic meditation and fantastic practice of release. And these, i got to say, Mara, you're surprisingly very nicely with these last two meditations in the last two weeks. They've been very wonderful and very beneficial. And for any of you listeners out there who are taking advantage of practicing these meditations, no doubt you're getting benefits from the practice. And one thing that really came to mind in that meditation was, and it's been the theme of the show today, and that is to release to that other one the desires that you yourself wish to have for yourself. And I want to amplify on this point and the importance of this action or this desire for another. And when we can, in our own minds and in our own hearts, and more importantly, in our own hearts, have the desire that someone else be fulfilled in every area of their life that we would wish to have fulfillment in our lives. When we do this and we mean it, and we're not just doing it to try to get something out of it, but rather we truly have the desire that they be given these things. When we start to take on that attitude and have those wishes and desires for others, what it is doing, if you will, is emulating God. And let me explain what I mean by that. It is like 
when we realize and we desire for another person to have everything and anything that they wish to have, we are saying, let that person be fulfilled fully in this instance. And when we pass that on to someone else, that is the experience that God is doing at all times. You could say it is God's desire to pass on everything and anything to everyone instantaneously at every moment. And so when that becomes our desire, it's like telling ourselves in a roundabout way, and that's why I want to speak on this so I can bring it to the forefront of your minds. It is basically saying that I want this person to have it, and because we're desiring something that, our, that we ourselves might not be experiencing, but we're desirous to have someone else experiencing it, and that is our intention. Like if we had it to give, we would be giving it to that person. It actually gives us the experience of having it. The fact that it's in our minds saying that I wish they could have this. We are doling it out to them, if you will. And whenever you give something to someone, you recognize somewhere in you, it might not come to the forefront of your awareness the moment you do it, but I'll share it with you now, the truth of it. And the truth of it is when you do that, you are experiencing that you already have it. Just from the simple desire of wishing that someone else has it. And when we do this more and more in our lives, and then we could even expound upon that and take action to help someone get that particular thing that we are desirous of them to experience. When we do these things, we will see our lives become more fulfilled because it is, like it says in the Bible, and I'm going to use this phrase and this passage very loosely and then expound upon it, and that is, it's better to give than to receive. And I want to expound upon that by saying that that giving is receiving. And I could say it in this way. I could say that when we give to another, they get the experience of receiving. And we get the experience of receiving joy for giving joy to another. So you could say that giving and receiving are joined. But I tell you that giving is the first cause of that experience. And you, you receiving, you could say, is an effect of the giving, but at the same time, it really is entailed and cannot be excluded from the giving. But, again, the giving is the first cause. In other words, you might receive something in your life, but there first had to be a giver to for you to receive. And we could call this initial giver. We could call this initial giver God. And so when we then have the intention in our lives to be the initial giver to others, we are joining with God and working at his right-hand side, if you will, to experience the beauty and the truth of our being. And therefore, we experience the beauty and truth of that other one's being. And therefore, we experience the oneness that we are all joined within. Beautiful, yes, yes. 
You know, I think in one of the Conversation with God books, maybe not one of them, one of Neil Donald Walsh's books, maybe Friendship with God, I'm not sure, he talks about, God talks to Neil Donald Walsh about the whole giving idea and receiving. And it's so interesting in that section that he talks about openness. And that's really what we're talking about here today, being open enough to allow people to be themselves, somewhat flexible, let them be themselves and not and don't hold yourself to their standards and accept yourself ideally without standards. But anyway, this openness, this opening of the heart. And he made the comment, God made the comment to Neil Donald Walsh, that the giving and receiving, that it's better to give than receive, and I so like what Brian was talking about here, is, is, is not really anything he would ever say. And that what has happened is mankind has taken that, and pretty much Patrick gave us a good example today of, uh, you know, he does not take money at, at his church. It's better to give than to receive. But the reality is that in order to value yourself, you can't overgive. You need to have reciprocation back, and you need to be. And so, this section was about opening ourselves up to receipt of gifts, accepting gifts, believing we are worthy of gifts. Not just that we give, but that we get back. That we are worthy of getting back. And once again, inherent in it is better to give than to receive. And, and I think you can see it, Brian, not in the construction you were just sharing with people that it was both, but inherent in that is a judgment. Who's the better person? The giver. Yeah, can be, yes. Yes, the giver. And we, we need to, that's not God's thinking, my friends, I promise you. You, both people are good people, and there are people out there who give and give and give and give and give, and they give so much that they haven't left room to get back. And so maybe we need to, and Brian, I'm going to ask you to do a meditation for us, and I hate to suggest a topic, but could you focus that meditation on in, inviting into ourselves, for ourselves, things of value, because we are enough. Opening ourselves up to the gifts that God does give us and letting go of judgment of ourself. Sure. Okay, thank you. And I'm looking here. And, you know, I always love... Um, We've got about 11 minutes left here. Let me do, last time, I'm hoping this one plays better. Last time I did Solar Wind Interstellar, um, it's a piece they did. Let me look, make sure that's the, 
Yeah, let's do Solar Winds Interstellar. And hopefully it's a good one. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Maya. Thank you, listeners. As we go into this meditation, I want you to have in the back of your mind the intent and the focus to being relaxed and at peace in this moment. You could say that when we find ourselves relaxed and at peace is when we are the most receptive to life and when we can take in the most good, you could say. So let's have it be our intention to relax. As we close our eyes and begin to breathe in whichever way we find most comfortable, which allows us the experience of the most relaxation. Taking the time with the intention to be at peace and the most comfortable and relaxed that you can be in this moment. And as you focus on that, I want to share a few thoughts with you as you continue to breathe into the nose and out through the nose. When we are in the place of peace, when we are in the place of our most comfortable experience of being, we are joining with God. And when we experience this, we experience life to the fullest in every instance. And as we release our judgments, as we release our desires, upon what we think we should be and we think what others should be. When we take out that word and the concept that is attached to it, that word should. Because when we are saying this word, we are judging it in that moment. We are saying that things are not what they should be. And whenever we are saying things are not what they should be, we are trying to dictate and control what is into what we think it should be. And all we are doing really is stressing ourselves out that life and people are not being what we wish them to be or what we wish ourselves to be. And when we can begin to drop all the shoulds that come up in our minds, we begin to set ourselves free from the strain and the stress 
of not living up to what we think we should be. And as we release ourselves from the confines of the own prisons of our shirts that we hold within our minds, we begin to recognize and realize and therefore experience who we truly are. And this experience is experienced in your place of peace place we are sitting in right now, the place that is always available to us, the place where freedom is experienced, freedom for ourselves and freedom for others. And it's simply the act of non-judgment. As we release all judgments in our lives, we are setting everything free from the confines that we locked it into. So as we continue to breathe into the nose and out of the nose, allowing ourselves to be at peace and to be relaxed, I want you to come to your thoughts come to your memories of any recent situations you might have experienced where things did not turn out the way you thought they should. And they might have agitated you and aggravated you in that instance. And even thinking about them now might still agitate you and irritate you. And I want you to now see this situation from a different viewpoint. I want you to see it from the viewpoint that the only reason why you're agitated or aggravated is because your judgment of how it should be is not up to par. And now, as if you were holding a big eraser in your hand, I want you to wipe away from your mind any pictures or any judgments of this situation, of any behaviors or circumstances that brought about the feeling of your uncomfortability and agitation. And as you begin to wipe that away, giving this person giving this scenario a clean slate and being very intentive to not dole out more judgments and more shoulds and therefore filling the picture back up again with new blemishes, but rather staying in a place you could say of neutrality to where you're just going to observe and notice what is taking place. And ever, whenever we make it our intention to sit and observe what is taking place in each instance, we are 
setting ourselves free from the confines of judgment. So with this practice, with this tool, whenever we find ourselves judging ourselves or another, I would encourage you to remember this tool, to practice it, and to consciously in your mind come into your place of peace by breathing deeply and comfortably and getting relaxed and then looking at the scenario from a different vantage point and then bringing out your eraser and erasing all the blemishes that you applied to the picture therefore giving it a fresh new look, a look of truth. And as we do this more and more in our lives, make this more and more a focus of our intention, we will, you could say naturally, not dole out so much judgment and therefore see and experience more untruths and as we notice and recognize more truth it becomes easier and easier to recognize and erase untruths and recognizing and erasing untruths is simply as simple as letting them go and letting them fall away because judgments and shoulds all weigh heavy. And when we release them to fall of their own weight, we are free of them. And now with that in mind, I want you to come back to your breath. Come back and notice your breathing pattern. Recognizing and being aware of your breath. And now slowly, with your intention on your breath, slowly begin to open your eyes and see the world about you as, as you have released judgment. See it now from a new level of viewing, a lighter level, a freer level, as you have released yourself from the confines of judgment. Thank you, Brian. That was beautiful. Namaste, my friends, until, uh, for me, three weeks, and Brian will be back next week. Brian, you might want to say goodbye. Thank you, listeners. Have a wonderful week and practice releasing your judgments. Namaste.